Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer-turned-psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello, and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today, we've got Brian Jackson on the show. Brian enjoys coaching customer-facing people and people who are engaged in selling within software, technology, manufacturing, and professional services. Prior to owning Sandler Training of San Diego, Brian invested over 20 years in hospital equipment and software sales and leadership roles. He currently lives in San Diego and his wife with four children, all of them are living there together in San Diego and he enjoys taking his boys camping with the YMCA Adventure Club. So welcome, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me as a, as a nerd. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of the Reinventing Nerds podcast. Oh, excellent. We might have to go down that path with you, the nerdiness factor here. I yeah. see you also enjoy art with all of your beautiful artwork in the background. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Well, I'd like to start out because I always start out with this way with my guests, but hearing a little bit about your story. Um, how you got to where you are now, what drove you to become the president and owner of Sandler Training in San Diego? Well, it's, uh, it's nothing uh, too uh, interesting. It's just I, uh, I graduated college and, and got straight into sales. I wanted to uh, start to make money. Um, I wanted to sell products that I was uh, passionate about, so I gravitated towards medical device and, and later uh, medical equipment and software. But um, after about 20 years and after selling a half dozen different products or so uh, and managing people uh, for the last 12, 12 of those years uh, selling those products, uh, I just found that my passion wasn't, wasn't so much in the technology uh, anymore as it was in the real art of selling and the joy of coaching others and seeing other people succeed, uh, rise the ranks. Um, you know, I really got a lot of satisfaction out of that. And I was a client of Sandler 13 years ago uh, with one of those companies. And I, I knew about Sandler because of that. And it was always in the back of my mind as something that I might want to do. So um, I pulled the trigger, bought a franchise. So here I am. Wow, that takes a lot of guts. And uh, yeah, I would say to start your own business like that. So congratulations. Thank you. It takes also... Uh, uh, maybe a, a low, a slightly lower than average IQ. Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> just gotta jump in and you know, it's the being dumb enough to you know just take a risk. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about the IQ factor here. You seem pretty smart to me, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes we we wonder about uh, do we do the right thing and. Um, it sounds like from the successes of people that you've had go through Sandler training that absolutely you're in the right business. So it is, uh, it is nice to bank upon the knowledge and expertise of the hundreds of other Sandler trainers that have come before me. It gives you a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like any new business owner, it's, uh, it's scary, but that does give you a lot of peace of mind knowing that if you just do what other people do, there's really no way that you can fail. So tell us a little bit about what Sandler training is and what it does for those who don't know. 
Yeah, so uh, Sandler Training was uh, started by a guy named David Sandler back in 1967. It's a sales methodology uh, that's embedded in psychology. So what we really teach are uh, behaviors, attitudes, techniques um, that really help people change their lives and accomplish their goals, both personally and professionally, specifically as they relate to selling. And uh, the main thing about Sandler, because there's a lot of great sales methodologies out there, um, I mean, lots and lots of great ones. But the thing that is different about Sandler is that we really believe in the power of reinforcement, that you can't change the way that you think and behave by going to a two-hour boot camp. It takes repetition. It takes, uh, in our case, we use blended learning and, and repetition um, to, to really rewire the neurological pathways within the brain. That's what we're doing. So. That's what Sandler training is all about, is it's about changing people, and uh, as specifically as it relates to selling and, and leadership. Well, I can relate to that. As a psychologist, I definitely know that uh, behavior change takes a lot of work and time, and you talked about reprogramming your, your brain to do that. I mean, you think about it just in terms of like a physical change, you know, learning how to hit a ball or do a karate kick or something. They say you have right. to do it at least a hundred times to, to program the muscles. It's the same thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I can really appreciate that approach. I'll never forget. Um, and I forget the year, but it was the year that Barry Bonds was chasing the home run record. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be passing through the living room and I thought I'd just turn on the TV to see if, uh, if the game was on, you know, the whole country was kind of eyes on Barry Bonds. And, and it was on, and it turns out he was about to go to bat. And I thought, well, that's great timing. So I, I watched him, and, uh, and, and I forget whether he struck out or hit a home run or what, but what I noticed and what I remember to this day is that when he got back into the dugout, he talked to his hitting coach. And I thought, that's that that's remarkable. Uh, this is the best baseball player maybe to ever live, and the first thing he's doing when he gets done batting is he's talking to his coach. He's constantly working on his craft. And that's what made him good. And that's what makes all the greats good. Tom Brady, no exception, mm -hmm. uh, still works in the offseason with a, with a passing coach, even though he's the greatest quarterback. So um, anyway, that's, that's what we believe in. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to go back uh, to when you were doing more sales work and back in your history here. And sure. you used to sell medical equipment um, and you worked with technical people uh, back then, too. And and I was wondering, you know, what was your experience in working with the technical people, since we're all about the nerd factor and the technical people on the show, yeah. um, you know, like the developers of the equipment, the scientists, the folks, um, yeah. and, you know, interfacing with the customers, since that's, that's your specialty. Yeah, it's a really great question. It's an interesting topic. Um, and, and with Sandler, there's a great book that I encourage people to check out. It's called Selling Technology the Sandler Way. Um, it's a book that spoke to me personally because of my career experiences. And, and the thing that I really related to in this book is that the challenge with selling technology is not really what we think it is. It's not, the challenge is not understanding the technology because salespeople are, are more intelligent than people give them credit. We can, even, even if we're of less than average intelligence, we can learn something if we try hard enough, which we do. We, we try really hard at everything we do. Uh, that's the reason why we chose a career based on commission earnings. Um, so the challenge isn't learning the technology. The challenge is knowing when to use the knowledge appropriately and to have the self-discipline to not 
uh, talk about product knowledge until it's the right time. In spite of the fact that you're excited about the technology, in spite of the fact that you uh, went through weeks upon weeks of product training to be a, an expert in the product. So to answer your question, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're working with technical people, product specialists, uh, these are people that know a lot about the product and they're given a chance to talk to a client, a customer, a prospect, and they feel like it's their job to come in and talk about the product information. But as a salesperson, we actually had to sort of pull the reins back on them oftentimes and, and do damage control even because sometimes it just wasn't appropriate to, uh, to go into the detail of the product knowledge uh, yet. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, it does. And I'm just thinking of all the times that I make that mistake. Yes. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because uh, what, it, what it really requires is a lot of pre-call planning, uh, some nice kind of catch ball uh, when, when you're selling with a team, which I, I do enjoy selling with a team. It's always good to have more than one person uh, in a room. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's important to remember that, that that product knowledge, that technical knowledge is your leverage when you're in a selling situation. Once that prospect has that knowledge, that's, that's what they came for. It's not necessarily to make a decision. They, they brought you there to collect information. And once they have that information, your leverage is gone. Your opportunity to ask questions and learn about, you know, really the problems, the, you know, to learn on an intimate level what the problems are that you're trying to solve and to learn about their budget and their decision-making process. You know, to gather that information, you have to have the leverage of not yet having given them all the product information that you know. So once you volunteer all that information or once your product specialist volunteers all that information, you're kind of dead in the water at that point from a selling perspective. So that's, that's where it's sort of interesting uh, working with product specialists is making sure that they understand the sales process as, as we teach it, at least within Sandler, so that we don't volunteer all that information that we, we need to use as leverage. Make sense? Yeah, that's so interesting. That's just such a more strategic way of approaching it. And uh, that's the thing that probably a lot of technical people are missing because they just haven't been exposed to it, right? And, yeah. and, they, um, and they're excited too. I mean, um, mm -hmm. technology is exciting. It's uh, when, you, when you first get into a sales role, you're at a college or whatever, you're, you're typically selling something that's a commodity. A lot of people, uh, you know, they'll come out starting out selling something like uniforms or uh, printing services, things like that, which actually now have become quite technical, uh, at least with printing services. But when you're selling a commodity like, uh, let's say, uniforms or, or, or something like that, it's not as uh, exciting. It's, it's actually easier to execute a selling system like, like with Sandler. But when you get a cool product that can really save lives um, or a software that's going to revolutionize the way that somebody does something, um, you've really got to hold yourself back uh, from talking about it. Um, and that, that is a challenge. Well, you know, something you mentioned to me a while back was that uh, working in the software industry, especially in SaaS, you're saying that uh, a lot of the technical people are interfacing directly with the customers and not necessarily yeah. having salespeople. What have you seen there? Uh, interesting. Uh, it's an interesting point. It's really interesting how the world is evolving, right? Um, there's so much information available online, just as an example, that 
uh, in many cases, a salesperson is not even needed to get that information. So people can just go buy things on Amazon or, or wherever. Um, and, and more and more, the, because of that fact, the consumers have been conditioned uh, to want to just skip the salesperson and say, hey, just, you know what, I, I know what I want. I know what information I need. I, I don't want to waste my time with a salesperson. Just get me to an expert, a product expert. So what that means is that a lot of companies, especially in SaaS, have uh, or are electing to um, have less salespeople and more uh, technical customer-facing people, as you mentioned in the introduction. I, I'm really careful about saying that I don't just train salespeople. I train all customer-facing people, and this is the reason why. A lot of these SaaS companies, they've uh, designed their process to where sooner than later, prospects are talking to a product specialist or some sort of expert in the product. Mm -hmm. And um, again, that's where these people, even though they're not technically salespeople, they need to be coached on some sort of a selling system so that they don't fall into the traps that we discussed earlier with giving away product information too soon in the process. That makes sense. So that even if you don't consider yourself necessarily a salesperson per se, that uh, in this new system of way, where we do things with SaaS and, and having fewer salespeople, that uh, there are still strategies that need to be used when interfacing with the customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's you know, and it, it's not fair to uh, cast a, a stereotype um, on technical people, um, but it's fair to say that a lot of technical people. Um, are sort of introverted, that they don't uh, oftentimes have uh, the people skills, uh, hence the reason why they chose a very technical profession instead of something like sales as a profession. So it's helpful for them to have a system and a process that makes them comfortable doing something that is otherwise fairly uncomfortable for them. Um, It helps to give them some tools uh, when it comes to you know, working and interacting with people and adjusting their behavior style based on the behavior style of other people, um, giving them those tools. And what's fun is that uh, these technical people are obviously smart. So uh, ironically, they, they tend to embrace a process and a system more easily and more fast than, uh, than when we uh, try to teach salespeople who are sort of gifted with winging it. And uh, because they've been winging it for so long, it takes them longer to adopt a formal process and a system. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, I would like to hear some of your advice on um, how technical people can deal with salespeople. Because, you know, coming from the technical perspective, oftentimes I find that they don't value salespeople as much, you know, um, uh, because you know, for a variety of reasons. And I don't know if you've run into challenges or what advice you would have to sort of uh, communicate better and uh, interact, build relationships and value the salespeople. Well, if I could serve as a a public relations representative Mm -hmm. for salespeople for just a moment. Okay. um, The first thing that I would say is that I I want to acknowledge that uh, I get it on behalf of all the the good salespeople out there. We understand that other people, uh, people have been burned by salespeople time and time again. Um, There's a reason why there's a stereotype placed on salespeople. And and I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world because uh, there's really no person who I'd rather avoid 
more than a salesperson. <laughs> oh, gosh, right? that's funny. And I'm yeah. a salesperson. <laughs> uh, and, and I know that other trainers like myself feel the same way, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we understand. We know why people immediately are tense and, and sort of, you know, guarded and protected when they are faced with a buying situation where they have to interact with the salesperson. But the thing that I would say to, to answer your question is that um, these technical folks really need to understand that sales is a profession and it's a craft and it's something that uh, folks like myself and others who I know have invested a great deal of time in their career to become experts at. And, um, you know, all they have to do is go out and try to do what we do for a few days to fully appreciate uh, how hard it is to get kicked in the teeth time and time again, day in and day out, uh, and still be able to get up and, and, and pull up your boots and, and go at it again. It takes a special breed. Um, and so that's where team selling is pretty cool because, you know, you got, you got a different people in the team with different skill sets. You've got a, a person who is, uh, on one hand, a salesperson, for example, who has got those skills of, of being able to go out and prospect and hear no's and not get mm -hmm. discouraged. And, and then you have uh, another person who might be more uh, technically um, apt and, and together they can, you know, they can, they can work together and be effective. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I definitely hear you about getting kicked in the teeth and still getting up and trying again. That's right. Uh, yeah, it does. It requires a lot of stamina and, and resilience there and positivity, I would say. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, um, that's been very enlightening. I'd like to shift to leadership development since I know you've also had uh, a lot of experience in that too. Uh, for example, you were a leader at ConMed, Electrosurgery, and also at Natus Neurology, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So, you know, we are talking about technical people and leadership. You know, how is it? Uh, how important is it to develop these leadership skills, or is it more important to stay more focused on the technology? You know, I really enjoyed the conversation that we had uh, about developing leaders and, and, and I love what you do when it comes to developing, uh, especially people in middle management roles. It, it, when I looked back on it, and I hadn't thought about it much until we, we had that discussion, but when I looked back on when I was promoted from sales into leadership, and when I look back on, you know, how stressful that time was, and, and how a lot of that stress resulted from having very little direction and very little guidance. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really resonated with me how important it is what you do. And it doesn't matter if it's for sales leaders or uh, leaders in any, any aspect of the organization. It doesn't matter what the department is. Generally speaking, good people in whatever their role are, is are being promoted into a management role and by and large, they're just sort of expected to know how to do it. They're just expected to start uh, leading people, to take, in, in the case mm -hmm. of sales, you're trying to take the people skills that made you successful as a salesperson and then apply it to the leadership of people. And that is way more uh, difficult than it sounds. 
Okay, tell sense? us more. Tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that in, in my case, uh, my, my default, and this is back when I was much younger, <laughs> but I, uh, I just figured I'm just going to come in and uh, show people how to do the job exactly the way I did it. Mm. Okay. Okay. And, and what a disaster that turned out to be. Because, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because we had a team of people that were all very different, uh, not just different from me, yeah. but different from each other. And so to expect them to do the job the same way that I did it was just a, a false um, or just a, just a bad assumption right off the bat. Um, and so the result was my first two years in leadership was uh, very, very difficult for me. Uh, and at that time, I had just uh, you know, had my first child and uh, just bought my first house. So, and, and by the way, I think, that, I, I think that's safe to say that that's, that's usually... Uh, or at least it's not uncommon for people who are going through a promotion, they're going to be going through other life changes mm -hmm. at that time, right? And so I remember looking at the leadership team at that, at that time in my life. We, we all had recently been married. We all had young children, and we all just recently bought our first houses, and, and we were all going through the same stress mm. and, uh, and difficulties professionally, which, by the way, did not help uh, what was going on in our personal lives. So... For an organization to invest in their in their management, uh, how important is that, right? I mean, there's an old saying, it's one of the most popular old sayings that, you know, you teach a man to fish, you fish for a man, he eats for a day, you teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime, right? Right. Well, when you invest in your middle management, you're, you're teaching, these are the people that are teaching people how to fish, right? Mm -hmm. So if you teach them how to teach people how to fish, Look at the impact you can have on the organization, right? As opposed to not teaching them anything. And when they fail, um, that becomes a very uh, a stressful situation for them because they go from being a rock star uh, and, and feeling like they're completely indispensable to feeling like they're a failure and being very dispensable. So I, I was very fortunate. I, um, I, I took the, uh, the mentorship of, of somebody and uh, invested in topics like emotional intelligence and situational leadership and, and Sandler training, obviously. And, uh, and I was able to apply that throughout the rest of my leadership career and get much better results. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and the idea of just picking it up and guessing and trying and failing I mean, you want to have some experimentation, but not reinventing the wheel each time. I mean, why not right, learn from right. people who, who know techniques just like with sales? I mean, sure, uh, sure. talk about building efficiency and uh, also helping others develop others as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah I can yeah. really um, appreciate uh, what you're saying here. So I have another question for you. We're talking about sales again. And wondering, you know, what kind of leadership challenges you see there since you uh, have been doing leadership in sales, uh, you know, compared to maybe other types of leaders, if there are different challenges in sales versus technical or others or anything like that. You know, I, 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 uh, I think that's a good question. And, you know, when I really think about that, I, I think that when it comes to sales leaders versus other types of leaders, um, what you're really dealing with is just psychology and you're dealing with human behavior, human interaction. And, and that's what's interesting is that sales is very different than, let's say, engineering uh, or marketing or, or whatever. But when you get to a management role, to that level of management, 
the training starts to look very similar because um, it's less about you know the selling aspect of the job. It's more about mm -hmm. when you need to tell Bill how to do his job differently. What's the right way to do that? How do you approach this? Is it a conversation where um, you've you've told him this before and he's not doing it, or is it a mm -hmm. conversation where you've never heard this type of direction before, mm -hmm. and so this is the first time that he's being coached on this? Maybe he's never had any experience of doing it before. How do we adjust our leadership styles? And and how do we look at, at let's say, Bill and and understand what type of personality is he? Is he a is he a high D? Is he a is he a driven person? Um, you know, keep it short, stick to the bullet points, or is he, um, you know, more of a more of an I, uh, where you know he's maybe not quite as detail oriented. He needs to. He, he's more of a talkative person. I need to set aside time. I need to listen to him. Um, you know, that's the sort of training that you just don't get uh, oftentimes. That is really beneficial for going into leadership, and it, it doesn't matter whether it's sales or again engineering or or what the department is it's about dealing with people right and what you're referring to with the dni is part of the disc right that's, that's correct one I'm of sorry the, yeah, for yeah no a lot of people use that and other types of instruments as well to help figure out uh, what kind of style or personality somebody has uh, and yeah. how to deal with them and appreciate them um and perhaps um you know, uh, interface slightly differently with the different individuals on your team. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And that's a tool that you found effective to help you in your leadership roles as well. Yeah. I, I think that, um, disc is a must have, um, I, you know, other tools that I've, uh, I really like, or uh, I like, I like situational leadership and the one minute manager, although that's not a Sandler product. Yeah. Um, and then I, and I know that Sandler, we have a lot of great tools when it comes to coaching mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. and uh, emotional intelligence uh, a book that a lot of people have seen out there is uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Right. You can get it any any Kinko sells it. Um, I mean, I don't know why they don't teach that in college. Uh, it seems like it should be required learning for anyone getting a business degree or any degree for that matter. Yeah, I think that schools are finally starting to catch wind of that. You know, I've seen yeah. more. Um, and even a little bit in uh, technical careers too, like in engineering and all that, but uh, maybe more communications, which of course, emotional intelligence does come up in communicating with people because you're managing your emotions and right. others and, and all that and trying to perceive people. Uh, so uh, some, uh, pro there's, there's hope yet. <laughs> Brian, I, I, I remember I, uh, I went to a parent-teacher night at my, my son's elementary school, and um, it was at the beginning of the school year where they were going over the curriculum, and emotional intelligence was part of the curriculum for That's elementary great. school, so yeah, yeah people, that, people are getting it. Mm -hmm. Well, people may want to get in touch with you after our show. Well, how should they do that? What's the best way, and what kind of things would they want to talk to you about? I'd be honored to talk to anybody um, in any way I can help. I'd be glad to. Uh, if you're the type of person that's old school like me, and you just want to pick up the phone and have a have a human to human conversation. You can call me direct. I don't mind giving out my cell phone um, it, it, unless you're uncomfortable with that. Is that no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's six one nine three six eight six two one five. And um, if you don't want to call me direct, uh, you just want to kind of learn more about what we do. And uh, I, I'd recommend you connect with me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn uh, tag is at uh, Sandler Training. Um, so you just do at Sandler Training on LinkedIn 
get you connected with my profile. It's Brian Jackson. I own Sandler Training of San Diego. And on LinkedIn is where you'll find that I post uh, new things every month, some sort of webinar, some sort of event. I'm always trying to find ways to give back to uh, not just customers, but potential customers. And that would be a good way for you to see what we do and, and to uh, hopefully get some value out of the content that I post. Great. And you do some in-person as well as some online training, right? So people don't have to be in San Diego necessarily. That's true. You know, we, okay. we really mix it up. There's such great technology out there that um, we take advantage of it to really, again, reinforce the content. And, uh, you know, we, we do serve companies that are uh, nationwide. So sometimes um, we even partner with other trainers in other states uh, so that, uh, you know, they might participate in my online training, but then they might also do classroom training with another trainer that I can partner with for situations like that. So. Excellent. Well, thank you, Brian. This has been really interesting. I think we've learned a lot in both uh, about sales and the process and how technical people are involved in that and how they can interface with that. And I think we've also learned how to appreciate salespeople more. I think that's great. I mean, that's, I see that a lot. It's sort of like this disdain, yeah. but you're saying, you know what? I mean, just like whatever people in any profession, salespeople have spent a lot of time learning uh, the skills and uh, techniques in, in sales profession too. So that ought to be respected and appreciated and not taken lightly because it's, it's not mm -hmm. easy to just do without any training in it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. This has been a blast. I hope I get a chance to be back on your podcast. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you to our listeners and viewers. We're here at reinventingnerds.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.